So good morning. Happy Friday. I'm so excited to be here as your host on Lift Your Spirits Radio, which comes to you every Friday. You're listening to my amazing son, Dean Foster, who's attending Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And my name is Cassara Deline, and after overcoming my own health challenges naturally many years ago, I now work to provide valuable health information and options so that you can make the best choices for your life. My background is in herbology, naturopathy, psychology, energy work, and meditation. And you can learn more about me and what I do at truehealth.com. That's truehealth, T-R-U health.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're fortunate to have a friend of mine, Gwen. Hello. Hello. Gwen Ingram-Jones. And you are a marriage and family therapist. Correct. Yes. Licensed in Washington State. Yes. And and we um, went to school together. We got our master's together. Yes. We used to carpool together. We used to carpool yeah. together. And I also remember that um, when we graduated, my son was there to watch uh, watch me graduate. And your mother was there. And he's like, Mom, why is my music teacher here? <laughs> I, I was... know. we The whole time, my mom was your son's elementary school music yeah, teacher. Yeah, and I had no yeah. idea. Me neither. <laughs> crazy, crazy how all these coincidences, right? Yeah. So now you work at a couple different places. Why don't you talk to all the listeners about that? going on. Yes. So I have a private practice where I meet individually with clients. I also work for Fairfax Hospital, which is a mental health hospital, and I work supervising some of their clinicians. And then I work with a treatment center where I do some training, and that specifically is for eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And then I also work at a legal psilocybin-assisted therapy center down in Jamaica. Great. So now you've been a therapist for a while now. Yeah. Because right? what we graduated in 2011, uh-huh. wasn't it? Yeah. So you've bounced around a lot. I have bounced around a that's, lot. That's yeah. great. That's great. My specialty has been in eating disorders basically my entire professional career. And then in the last few years, I've been doing the psychedelic-assisted therapy. So what? Well. what why'd you move over? Well, it really was just like a series of events that just naturally unfolded. Um, I had a close personal person in my life who went to this treatment facility down in Jamaica Mm -hmm. and uh, became friendly with the people that run it. And through that connection, they knew that um, I was having maybe some transitional periods in my career and thought an introduction could be useful. And it was a really good match and turned out that it was an exciting next step in my career and has been really fulfilling and interesting and enriching and yeah, super happy it all came together. That's great. So so you spent a lot of time in Jamaica then? I spend about 30% of my year in Jamaica. Yeah. And it's not all in one chunk. I go down. Um, so the retreats are held a week at a time. So I go down uh, for enough time to participate in a retreat at a time or a few retreats at a time. Okay. Yeah. Now, is that is it legal in states up here now? Yes and no. Um, There is ketamine-assisted therapy, which sort of gets lumped into psychedelic-assisted therapy. That is legal in Washington state. There is research opportunities um, that need to be approved. And so if somebody can uh, participate in research, then that's legal. But other than that, uh, you have to leave Washington state in order to get psychedelic-assisted therapy. Is there any other states? I thought Oregon was. Yep, Oregon uh, approved 
psychedelic assisted therapy and so did Colorado okay. and they are like the the babies in this field right. so they're just working out all the details at this point we'll see how things how shake it pans out. out yeah exactly that's great so you got educated on that what does that look like well, one, I've been able to work um, alongside people who have been doing this for a long time, so really having some good mentors, but um, it's also nice to have the certificate that you can put up on the wall. Yes. <laughs> so I went and participated with a really well-established research um, company. It's called MAPS, and they are very specifically looking at MDMA-assisted therapy mm-hmm. and doing tons of research and finding that it's incredibly effective for treating trauma. Um, So I went through their training program, and I also have gone through tons and tons of ketamine-assisted therapy training programs, too. Oh, so so across the board, then. That's great. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm doing it all. (laughs) That's great. So what? How long did that take to get certified? What all? What, what did the program? What was the program? Yeah. So the program uh, is a hundred hours, I think. Uh, but it basically uh, felt like an entire, like a, a college course level certification, and it is going through their established protocol that they're going to. Once the MDMA-assisted therapy is legal, they need therapists who are going to be able to hit the ground Mm. running and support these programs. So trained very specifically on the the model that they're going to be putting out. And it really is being taught from the people doing this research. It's high quality. Sounds like they're building a plane and and they're flying it. Yeah. The other component of it is that they ask that um, people who are getting trained in these modalities participate to some degree in an altered state of consciousness. In an ideal world, that might mean um, that if you're going to be providing ketamine-assisted therapy that you have had exposure to ketamine yourself with the MDMA assisted therapy training you can't just willy-nilly be giving people MDMA right <laughs> it's not legal so <clears throat> yeah. um they have breathwork participation you go and you do a certain type of breath work and it really sort of gets you in like a little bit of a, a fuzzy state and mm-hmm. so you can have an experience of what it's like to do therapy where where your your mind's altered to some degree yeah, it's kind of like um, a few weeks ago we had uh, an uh, addiction specialist on my show. Oh, cool. And uh, <laughs> I asked him where he got his degree, and he said it was uh, a life experience degree, right, because he'd, he'd lived it, right? Yeah. And so so when he helps people, it's like, you know, it cuts right through everything, and people know he's not lying, and they know they can't get anything past him because he has that experience. So it sounds like here you have to have the experience as well in some way, shape, or form in order to connect with people to uh, to help them more. Yeah, there's a really big component of psychedelic-assisted therapy that they call set and setting. And so it's the mindset that you go into these experiences is really important, but also the actual environment, so your actual setting. And so one of the big pieces about going in with your mindset in the right place is that you feel safe and that you feel like the person that you're working with is invested in you and that you can trust them. And so knowing that you're working with somebody who has been through maybe not exactly what you've been through, but has an understanding of what it's like to be in these altered states and how vulnerable you are and how you really can kind of go to a, a core place within yourself and, and get really super vulnerable. It's nice to know like, You've been here before, too. Like, you know what I'm going through to some degree, even if it's not the exact same thing. 
Well, yeah, and if if they're exploring that for themselves to have that safety and that trust and and otherwise they're never going to get to the resolution anyway. So Yeah, you just throw up all your boundaries, all yep. your defenses. Yeah. yeah, and we're so good at doing that, especially smart people. Oh my are so gosh. Good at doing yes. That. <laughs> human human experience. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I'm curious, so how often are these clinics that you have in Jamaica? The company that I work for, um, they're really well established. They do a retreat one week on and then they do a retreat one week off. So there's a couple of weeks where there's like major holidays that they don't do it. So it, it shakes out to maybe around 25 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not true because they run two at a time some weeks. So yeah, around 50 a year. But like I said, I, I do 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wanted to uh, investigate that, where would you send them? Yeah. So I usually get a little bit of their backstory. Um, I don't tend to ask people to share, overshare if they don't want to. But um, for example, somebody who is trying to work on depression or anxiety, uh, it might be better to look into psilocybin assisted therapy. If somebody is wanting to work on very specific like trauma issues that it might be better for them to focus in on MDMA-assisted therapy. If there's absolutely no way that they're going to be able to travel or come off of medication or something like that, then it might be more worthwhile to look into ketamine-assisted therapy. So it really just is um, a really individualized approach to determining what somebody might want to look into regarding psychedelic-assisted therapy. And that there's some things that would make it uh, where somebody might not actually want to pursue psychedelic-assisted therapy. And some of the major things are if somebody has a personal or a family history of a psychotic episode, schizophrenia, or bipolar. Mm-hmm. The idea is is that these substances... One of the main points is that they destabilize you so that you can grow and change and and be um, more aligned with how maybe you want to be. But at the same time, they're destabilizing. Yeah. So if you have um, a risk for some of these things that I mentioned, uh, it's not good to potentially put yourself in a situation where you're finding yourself in a psychotic episode. Yeah, that makes sense. So if someone were to come see you or another therapist um, that is uh, trained in this, how long does it take to determine what which would be best for a person uh, typically? Yeah. Like a few sessions or? Something kind of, I would say maybe um, a, a few good conversations. Um, sometimes other things that are maybe important to consider are somebody's just physical health, like could their heart handle um, some of these substances? Um, can their body handle some of these substances? Um, some people are asked to decrease or stop psychotropic medications, so antidepressants, Mm -hmm. SSRIs, those types of things, they can lead to some potentially dangerous outcomes. So there's really some pretty specific things you can dial into in an initial conversation to understand if somebody might be appropriate for these. But otherwise, it is, again, building this two-way street of, um, as a therapist, that I feel like somebody has enough information for them to make an educated decision, but also vice versa, that somebody feels like they have um, a high-level interest in this, that they are feeling maybe called to it to some Mm -hmm. degree, and that they... 
I don't know if you can ever walk towards these situations and say, like, I feel 100% at peace with this. Right. It, it should be kind of anxiety provoking in a respectful way, just like right. uh, it's a really big, important decision to do this. But um, that they feel like they have enough information, that they feel like they, again, feel like they're engaging with somebody who's really reputable. Right now, the psychedelic assisted therapy in this area is um, kind of the wild west. There's a lot of people who have seen all the research coming out and seeing that it helps with things like smoking cessation. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the potential that it's helping with things like traumatic brain injuries, let alone the mental health things that it's showing that it's effective for. Um, So there's a lot of what people call underground facilitation, and there's no regulation around that. So it's really important if people are considering or interested um, that they are really kind of doing some research to ensure the person that they're working with has the education um, that maybe the facility that they're participating in has um, good standing, good reputation, has uh, licensed professionals, um, things along those lines, just to ensure that they are not just randomly working with somebody who um, decided on a whim, I'm feeling called to do this, and maybe they just only have a background as, um, I don't know, they've only worked as a teacher at an elementary school, and they've never had an opportunity to like have a training Right. And mental health services or something like that. Yeah, it's just like anything, right? You want to um, investigate who the best person is. And if you are seeing a therapist now, you check with them. They might have a resource for you yeah. or they can probably find one um, or, or they can reach out to you, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you if they have questions? Do you have a website sure. or an email or something? Yeah, I definitely have an email that I'm willing to provide. Yes. It is Gwenaviva at gmail.com. It is very convoluted, so I will spell that. <laughs> G, Great. yes, G U I N E. V-E-V-A at gmail.com. Wonderful. Great. Thank you. Okay. So people can uh, send you an email and ask questions and then maybe set up appointments with you or someone else and you're at the company I to determine. I am happy to provide resources and um, get people pointed in a, a good direction. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Great. So is there do you know is there any continuing education on this yet or is it just something you're just working through and they're still working on de- defining that Yeah there are continuing education opportunities there are really reputable companies um specifically with ketamine assisted therapy in the states and in this area that ketamine assisted therapy is legal and there is a lot of wonderfully established companies that are offering good education around uh, preparing people for these experiences, for walking them through the actual experiences. And then another really important component is what they call integrating these experiences. So not only does it matter that you've taken this substance, this medication, um, and that you've had some sort of experience with it, but then sitting down and figuring out how do you take what just happened and create it into a whole experience with whatever was sort of your goals or with whatever um, sort of uh, insights that you gathered. How do I bring this forward with the rest of my life as an individual or maybe um, how I now 
changed my behaviors or now I have um, emotions that I have access to in a different way, really kind of cool things along those lines and to work with somebody who can kind of help you make sense of those things. And a lot of times these experiences can speak to people in metaphors. And so it can be a little confusing. You have this Mm -hmm. experience. You're like, what do I make of these colors or these feelings or these um, visuals that I I had. And so sitting down with somebody and getting into sort of the nitty gritty details of like, okay, well, what's your reaction to some of these things? Or how did that tie to certain um, historical events in your life and sort of putting the pieces together? And it would be really nice if there was like a concise way to be like X, Y, and Z. Here's how you do that. But sometimes it actually can really evolve over the course of time where somebody says, oh, my gosh, I have this huge insight. And then continuing to integrate it over the next several weeks, months, years um, that they put more and more of the pieces together or maybe they continue their relationship with psychedelics and these experiences might layer on top of each other. So one experience um, brings one insight forward, and then maybe a year later you participate again and get another little piece of the puzzle for your right health journey. So it's not just about putting things in perspective. It's more about finding all the puzzle pieces and trying to figure out what they are and where they go and how they fit into yeah. your life. Yeah. Great. Okay, you're listening to True Health with Kassar Nalene on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more from Gwen with information on psilocybin. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whidbey Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Hello, my name is Sharon Maureen, the owner of Twin Peaks Nutrition and Wellness in North Bend, Washington. I am a life coach, mentor, and I am the creatrix of the Solation System, looking at nutrition, offering tools, techniques, and routines to help women thrive through challenges and change. I offer decades of expertise as an herbalist, fitness coach, and health enthusiast. I can customize a program uniquely for you, expanding your inner strength, wisdom, and resiliency through small, daily commitments to yourself. Reach out to me today at SharonMarine.com.
Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're listening to True Health with Cassard Lean on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And we're back today talking with mental health therapist Gwen Ingram-Jones. Hi. About psilocybin. So when you work with people in Jamaica, tell us about that. Yeah. So I'll I'll just speak about the very specific uh, center that I work with. There are tons and tons in Jamaica. Really? um, And everybody probably does things their own specific way. So That's true. Yeah. um, so people fill out an application, which is screened by a licensed uh, therapist who really sort of ensures that somebody is appropriate to participate in this or helps them get to a place where they are appropriate. So that might be um, referring them to doctors or making sure that they have the right coping skills um, or that the things that they're hoping to work on are things that can actually be worked on. Okay, um, And then... They come down and stay for a week, and during that week period, they have three different psilocybin sessions. So they have a day where they uh, dose and take the medicine, and they have a day where they integrate that experience, and then it continues on the rest of the week. Um, It has been really wonderful to see uh, all the different components that really come together. So not only is one important factor that somebody's willing to take this substance, but that there also is the opportunity to integrate the experience. And not only that, but they do it as a group. So there's anywhere from maybe four people that uh, participate during the week, maybe up to around nine, 10, something Mm -hmm. like that. And the group experience is also really wonderful. Most mental health therapists are well aware of the group dynamic and how powerful that can be yes. to help somebody feel heard and validated and to hear their story and to get sort of a, a another peer get their perspective. And so it's just really beautiful to watch these things kind of come together. And then afterwards, once they leave, um, there are some more integration sessions that occur over a course of um, the next several weeks and months, and usually there's an um, opportunity to really kind of nail down a good discharge plan so that people feel like they're leaving and that they're set up for success to uh, either continue their journey or really solidify some of the gains that they made while they were there. So when they come back, uh, will they have, they'll have support people here as well or that would help them? They would, that's part of setting Yeah, okay. and support people can be a variety of different things. So a support person might be an integration specialist that they work with, and an integration specialist might be a therapist, might be a doctor. It could be a lot of different okay. things, yeah. Yeah, just curious. Yeah, no, in group therapy, I know I, I love that was one of the things I focused on when I was in getting my degree. It's so amazing because a lot of times I think people have experiences, but they, especially if they had something happen to them when they were very younger, young and they don't have the words or the language to talk about it, and they hear somebody speak about it and then they can resonate with that and go, oh, that's what it, you know, they have, they're a way to label that for themselves. Yeah, It's very absolutely. powerful. And this really great thing where people, 
feel that they carry around this shame and then they're able to talk in a group about whatever this shameful thing was or be seen and it's kind of the antidote to shame is being seen and heard and giving whatever that is the the light of day and yeah it's just pretty cool yeah it's pretty empowering they don't have to carry it around with them anymore it's amazing how much um energy and uh strength that takes to carry it around they don't even realize it tiring yeah very tiring yeah i know i um i was talking to some one of my clients the other day and we were talking about one of her friends who was had all this illness just piled on top. I mean, she was just holding on to all of this and the underlying emotion for that. I can only imagine, you know, what it was taking for her to hold on to all of that. And, um, you know, we talked about how to how to help her to, to let some of this go. And Well, that's the exact thing that um, feeling like you're in a safe place so that your defenses can lower yeah. and that you can have access to whatever material you actually need to work on and not just feel like you're walking around trying to hold your shield up. Yeah. yeah. But the society doesn't really talk about that. You know, they just, people talk about their illnesses. They let them grow and grow and get worse. And they never, it's, they're not, it's like, it's not even an option to go, Hey, you don't even have to have this anymore. You know, like when something happens to me, I find a fix and I fix it. I don't want yeah. to carry it around anymore, but that isn't the, the, the narrative that's being pushed around right now, unfortunately. So if somebody wants to sign up for this, how much does this cost? Yeah. And does insurance cover it? Uh, no. <laughs> insurance does not cover it. Okay. Good to know. No. Um, so insurance might cover what we would call traditional mental health services. So okay. if somebody wants to prepare, so say they have a diagnosis of anxiety and they want to um, start to begin to think about how they want to treat their anxiety. Um, so maybe you are uh, doing sort of traditional coping skills work with these folks so that they are prepared to walk into a psilocybin experience. Something like that potentially could be covered by insurance, what we might sort of classify as traditional talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Ketamine-assisted therapy is not covered by insurance. Um, and an example of what that might cost is there would be preparation sessions, there would be the uh, ketamine dosing day, and then there would be the integration sessions afterwards. I'm just going to make up some numbers here. But for an example, um, the preparation sessions might each cost around $175, and you might have several of those. And then your dosing day with the ketamine might be around $400, um, and you might have a series of um, six weeks of that. Potem- okay. You might just have one, but you might have six weeks series of that. And then these integration sessions, again, maybe around 175 for those integration, each integration session. So it's quite expensive. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, some of the retreat settings and maybe somebody has to pay for their travel to go to some place like Jamaica where it's legal. Um, So in addition to their travel, they would also pay for the retreat, which could be several thousands of dollars. Um, And then, again, whatever services they set up afterwards to ensure that they have ongoing care. 
And when they come back, then you've got more counseling. Exactly. So, um, and I'm assuming they just pay one off on all these things, or do people? Or is there like programs available where they can get a discount if yeah. they pay for stuff up front, or, or is that are they not there yet? I, I think that there are a lot of different programs. Uh, there's a lot of different ketamine clinics in the uh, Puget Sound area, and they mm-hmm. probably all have their own model where there's different packages and that okay. type of thing. Um, but there also is, I think, a lot of one-off type payments as well. Yeah, it, it varies widely. Okay. No, that's good. At least we have that information. <laughs> and then why would somebody want to do this? What? What? Yeah. How does it help? Uh-huh. Things you might hear often are that these substances, these medicines help kind of quiet down the noise. So some of the the things that are maybe peripheral that just kind of consume our attention, that it kind of quiets those down um, and that we can have maybe more access to our our morals, our values, kind of the core self of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then find ways to live life in better accordance with that. Um, there are other uh, things that people say on a really regular basis that um, that the substance helped them go to the to the exact core thing that needed some healing. Mm-hmm. So if there are some undercurrents of things that are going on in our life that we don't always have the actual awareness of, I'll, I'll share a, a story. So there's one gentleman um, who said that his entire adult life he had low-lying depression and he would describe that his life was great. On paper, everybody would be like, wow, wonderful family, great career, um, nothing really wrong with this particular individual's life. And yet he had this low-lying depression always kind of carried with him. And through his psilocybin experience, um, he revisited a memory that was not on his radar in any way. And this memory was that his... When he was a a young man, maybe 19 or so, he and his girlfriend um, became pregnant. And so they were kind of in this place where they were like, what do we do with this situation? Right. And so he went to his father and uh, sought out some guidance. And the interaction with his father, he felt like something was a little bit off in that situation. And so that, that kind of was weighing on him. And then also he... Um, went back to his his girlfriend and found out that she had had a miscarriage. So mm. any decision-making had been sort of taken from them. Right. And from there, he continued in his psychedelic experience and met what he learned was his daughter wow, that had been crazy. miscarried. And so he got to know this daughter. He would call her his kind of guardian angel, this sort of mm-hmm. being that was with him that he didn't realize had always been there. Right. And from that experience, he said that his depression was lifted and he would have said that in no way would he have ever thought that his low-lying depression came from that experience. He mm-hmm. hadn't thought of it in decades and decades. Yeah. So this grief, this... um struggle that happened with his father, the worrying about what to do um, with his relationship with his girlfriend, not knowing, you know, he's a young kid. Yeah. These are really complex um, topics for anybody at any age. And so 
maybe we could try to put a number to that. If he were in therapy for, let's say, 11 years, maybe you would eventually stumble onto that topic at some point of, oh, tell me about your childhood relationship, you know, those types of things. But he wouldn't have known to seek out mental health services to say, I need to talk about something that happened when I was 19 years old because it just wasn't in the forefront of his mind. Yeah. And in addition, it might be considered a little bit obscure to just be talking about it, right, versus having an experience where it just happens. Yeah. This profound (laughs) experience where not only are you given the insight of what's been troubling you, I'm using air quotes here, what's been on on the back of your mind, that it's brought to the forefront of your mind, and that there's this incredible healing opportunity that just spontaneously occurs within us that knows what to do. Like, oh, this is what has been um, weighing on you. And not only that, but let's meet this this entity, this young girl, the, the baby that right. would have been there and have her be a part of how you're going to live your life from here on out, knowing that she was there and mattered and was important. Right. You couldn't write that down in a treatment plan. No, you couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. <laughs> I have some similar experiences with clients. But yeah. um, so what were there some other examples that you uh, uh, sure. of health issues that people would want to consider this for? Yeah, there was another gentleman who uh, came down and said that his uh, anxiety was a 10 out of 10. And as a mental health therapist, you're sitting across from somebody and they're basically scrunched up in a little tiny ball. They're not able to communicate without being asked very directed, pointed questions. Natural conversation just does not flow. And through the course of his experience, um, he learned that he could actually laugh at his anxiety. Mm. It was absurd to him. Um, And at the end of his treatment, he would have said that his anxiety was a zero out of 10. So something that most of us would say is miraculous. Um, I will also say that this is not a magic pill, (laughs) even though people might know it as magic mushrooms, not a magic pill. (laughs) And what I mean by that is following up with this gentleman after several months um, that he would say his anxiety went back up to a four out of 10, which Mm -hmm. is still major improvement. Right. So even though um, people want to work on things that it doesn't just magically fix it for you, that there are things that you will need to continue to do, um, again, to integrate it or keep sort of these experiences working well in your life. Um, So other things that it's showing to be effective for, I think I mentioned smoking cessation, Mm -hmm. um, looking at things like traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety, trauma. There are people who are doing research with eating disorders. Things that I would say, again, that it is not helpful with is psychotic uh, symptoms, um, schizophrenia, bipolar some of those things. Sometimes people will get relief from physical ailments as well. So, for example, there was one gentleman, we didn't know this in advance, um, mm-hmm. his um, foot was numb from a condition that he had. And after his experiences, he brought forward saying, um, I have half of the feeling that's returned in my foot. So it wasn't wow, fully, but half of it. So there's this anti-inflammatory 
impact that it has as well, that it, it, it sort of can go in and sweep out some of the things. And another way that I might say that is well-known if somebody says that we store stress in our body. Absolutely. And so if we're going in and working on stressful things in our life, that our body has the opportunity to shift and move things in a way that, that allows for maybe some inflammation release. Right. Yeah. Okay. Can you remind people how to get a hold of you? Yeah. My email address is guenaviva at gmail.com. I will spell that. G-U-I-N-E-V-E-V-A at gmail. Great. Thank you. This is Kassar Nalim from True Health, and you can reach me at truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And you're listening to True Health with Kassar Nalim on Lift Your Spirits Radio, and we'll be right back with more on mental health therapist Gwen Ingram-Jones after this break. Your smiles and golden eyes lay waste to the darkest times, I swear it's true. Epona Guide and the Dancing Spirit Ranch in Clee Ellum, Washington allows you to experience the magical presence of horses in the enchanted Cascade Mountains. Unplug from the daily grind to reconnect your mind, heart, and intuition. Reflect inward to find your authentic truth with a little help from our horse friends. These incredibly majestic beings are natural guides and facilitators in the work of empowering humans to unleash their true potential. Their wisdom opens an innovative pathway to create personal healing, personal growth, and a passionate lifestyle. If you're striving to rise up and embrace your true potential and to fulfill your heart's desires in relationships, career, or self-spirit, then visit eponaguide.com for more information on their powerful summer workshops and personal coaching sessions today. Connect with them and tell them you heard about Epona Guide on Lift Your Spirits Radio, and Epona Guide will give you a 20% discount. Plus, you'll be entered into a drawing for a free ticket to an event or private session. That's Epona, E-P-O-N-A, guide.com. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit truehealth.com. That's T-R-U health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to True Health by Kassar Deleen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And we're talking with about psilocybin and other psychedelics with mental health therapist Gwen Ingram-Jones. So recommendations. So this isn't something that people can grow on their own, right, necessarily? Well, 
Yes and no. Um, okay. It is they, – they're naturally occurring. So right. they might just show up in your backyard. True. But if you're trying to help yourself, it's it's good to have some sort of structure to do that in that's safe. You would need a lot of education to ensure that you are doing this safely. Yes. yes. So and I know from – you know, I was really lucky when I, when I took microbiology many, many years ago. Uh, the teacher that I had was the expert in California on mushrooms. Oh, wow. And he taught us a lot. I think we were supposed to have 30 percent of the class on mushrooms and 30 percent on viruses and 30 percent on bacteria. And he ended up doing about 70 percent oh, wow. on mushrooms. So we learned a lot. So, um, and my grandfather was an expert in mushrooms, believe it or not. Yeah, so he used to go in the wild and pick them on his own. But there's over 10,000 different types of mushrooms on the planet, and many are considered poisonous. So it's really important that you know what the heck you're doing. Absolutely. (laughs) So that you don't get sick because you could easily die, right? Yeah. And the other thing I think that's important about mushrooms is we all have uh, natural occurring organisms within our body that are supposed to be there. And when our body is in balance, when it's in homeostasis, then we don't have to worry about those things erupting. But it's when when our body gets out of balance, you know, we get fungus or bacteria or virus or things like that. So um, I find that when the immune system's off, then fungus obviously takes over. So so it's important to pay attention to all that. Uh, now, you said that you could give us a few questions that uh, listeners could ask their therapist or if they're looking to do something like this, what kind of questions do you recommend yeah. they ask to find out more? Yeah. So uh, if they could ask their, their therapist for uh, research suggestions of where they can look into to participate in research here in uh, the Pacific Northwest, although they are very difficult to get into. Um, and there's usually a long list of, of wait lists to get into those programs. Um, but they could also, uh, if they're considering to go outside of the Pacific Northwest, they might um, ask what... Um, education, what training programs people have participated in to be able to offer these services Mm -hmm. to ensure that they had not just randomly decided uh, to do this, but that they have a good background in training to provide a really safe container. And and certification, like you mentioned as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Other things to ask are if they have... um, use these substances themselves and have a good understanding. Um, and if they say, yes, I did it one one time, that that might not be um, enough experience to know how to really support somebody through this. Um, how many other people that they've worked with? So having an understanding, did they just start this last week? <laughs> right. <laughs> or have they been doing this for some time? Um to really ask um, what the preparation would look like and to get a good understanding of what after support can look like as well, um, to find out what um, somebody's philosophy is around um, medical safety, around personal boundaries, um, to really just ensure, again, like I, that there is trust, that there is safety, um, that you feel comfortable with this person and that they're willing to answer your questions. And if you start to feel unsafe or nervous or um, that it's not the exact right fit for you, that that there's no rush to move forward with these experiences, that you get to take as much time as you need to figure out how do I do this in a way that feels right for me. 
Yeah, if something doesn't feel right, you probably isn't right. And right. There's other people you can call. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, yeah I think I, I, that's one of the things I always try to tell people is find somebody that's going to be helping you. You know, everybody you meet is a tool to help you get to where you want to be. And either they're going to help you or they aren't. And even if you're seeing a therapist and you've gotten to a point where you can't go any further, maybe find someone else, right? Yeah. Or at so, least get a second opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Get a second opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what are some other things that they should watch out for? If somebody is really pushing uh, a substance, if somebody's a kind of a top-down approach, if somebody's telling you this this is exactly how it's going to go, if they if they have kind of a script or um, these experiences can be so open-ended and they're right. highly individualized, um, so there's not a one prescription approach. There's not the exact one model for somebody to fit into. So they really should be tailoring everything to you as an individual. And it, and if it's not going to fix everything. If they're promising that right away, right. then they're probably not the right, right person to be with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what about resources or books or uh, yeah, a couple of, of good resources? Yes. So um, there is – so the training that I went through – is from the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, otherwise known as MAPS, so M-A-P-S. And they have a really great website where people can go and find resources and look into research, um, potentially participate, or just to find out what's what the um, results are. Mm-hmm. Uh, another really good resource is called Fireside, and they're an organization that you can call in the moment if you're having a psychedelic experience and get some support from someone. Oh, wow. Um, somebody might say, if you're having a bad trip, <laughs> that they'll walk you through that. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good resource to have in your back pocket. And that's probably they can do that Fireside, Fireside. search online. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. That's fantastic. And um, so do you have any other stories of people maybe that didn't do well uh, yeah. with something like this? Yeah. So I think a really not often talked about topic is, um, well, let me back up a little bit. Sure. So the uh, stories that I showed that I shared with you, somebody might say those are everything experiences that my life is forever changed. That something really big, dramatic, impactful happened, mm-hmm. um, and that is really common. That does happen. Uh, there's also something that I might call a nothing experience that happens. Um, that somebody uh, feels maybe disappointed or let down or. Um, I didn't get an everything experience. Mm. I had a mediocre experience or maybe I even felt like nothing really happened or it felt like I took a nap or it just was really peaceful and I enjoyed some music that I listened to. And so what I would say is, of course, that sounds discouraging. Like, oh, I right. I, I thought that my depression was going to be cured. I thought... Um, my insomnia was going to go away. I was hoping that I would never have another flashback. And what I would say is that these nothing experiences are important too, that they are a part of a building block. It is 
I might even say that we're building a relationship with psychedelic substances and understanding how we interact with them and how they interact with us. And to really just give ourselves some grace to continue to put little pieces of the puzzle together. And again, that sometimes it takes time to get a clear understanding of what these experiences could have been or Mm -hmm. what um, might have been happening. Um, So even though it might feel like a nothing experience to not just automatically label as label it as a nothing experience or to immediately disregard and say, I knew it wouldn't work for me. I'm special. I'm unique. Um, I'm terminal in this way. And to just continue to, and it might not be for you. That's totally fine too. Um, But to, again, maybe get a second opinion or to figure out like, oh, okay, I need to make this adjustment. And maybe it's an adjustment with sleep or with avoiding caffeine or with um, finding a provider that I feel better about or um, making a tweak with um, the dose that I take. So all these different little things that can make an impact. That's just great. So with the nothing experience, is that after a certain number of times or just uh, a few times? Or is there a timeline on that, I guess? Yeah. Uh, no, I would say there's there's not a timeline that for some people they have a really impactful experience and then maybe they do it a second time at some point and it's a nothing experience and then their third time is another um, Got it. Okay. impactful experience or it might be several nothing experiences until they figure out Got their it. right yeah. sauce and then it kind of works. And Yeah, that sounds right to me. I know because I'm, you know, uh, working in not in this specific area but with other, uh, you know, with meditation and with therapy and with other, other um, tools that I've used and with clients, I see that sometimes as people are holding on to stuff and that it's hard for them to get to that place. Yeah. And so they have to have that, you know, that nothing experience or whatever you will. Yeah. They, there's some sort of denial there. Or there's some sort of something that blocks. The defenses are yes, up. Yes, the defenses yeah. are up, even when they're not uh, trying. Focused, right? yeah. yeah. They're it's, like, please the, take the defenses away. You know, the body does an amazing <laughs> job of trying to hide us from stuff and protect us. And um, yeah, that's frustrating. It's really frustrating when someone's really trying hard to get to where they want to be. I know. So, uh, but you know, that's it, great that they have this tool as an option, you know, that is just, there's a lot of options out there, but this is a, a nice one that they could try maybe at some point if it's appropriate and uh, use that to get them to where they're trying to get to. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other stories that you want to share that, um, that you think the listeners would want to hear? I have so many stories. <laughs> where to begin? You've, how many people have you worked with? Uh, I think that it is around 300. Wow. Right so around quite there. Quite a few. Yeah. Um, let's see. So maybe a, a recent story is a woman who had lost her father when she was a young adult um, during her psilocybin experiences. She had um, what she would call a soul merging with her deceased father. He came to visit her um, and really just kind of shower her in love. She is someone that I would say was not working on a really specific mental health issue that she wanted to explore how to just continue progressing in ways that that aligned with her morals and values. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was just a beautiful opportunity for her to feel like she was deepening her spirituality through this experience with her father. Another story was a gentleman who 
uh, he was a young a young father, and his daughter passed away from a medical condition, mm-hmm. very sad. And through his experiences, he had three psilocybin experiences. The first one, he would have described it as walking through hell. And most people might say, like, wow, I don't know if I would want to do this again. Um, He he said he literally felt like he was in the depths of hell, um, seeing things and witnessing things that were Uh really scary and difficult. And he was so committed to this idea of I know psilocybin-assisted therapy is helpful and beneficial, and I'm here, and I want to do the work, so I'm willing to walk through hell. Wow. And so after that, he decided to continue on and, and take another dose at the next appropriate time. And this was realizing that there was all this love in his life that he wasn't letting in, um, and so that he really needed to just accept that he didn't have to be this rock for everybody mm-hmm. else, that he can allow the love that's there to be a part of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so grateful for that after having walked through hell. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, then absolutely. his um, the next appropriate time, he took a third uh dose of psilocybin and with that experience he also got to go meet with his daughter and the essence of who she was and he said that she uh kind of the imagery that i get is kind of like a um a game where the ball is just bouncing around and uh hitting all the different areas within his body so his daughter was bouncing around his body saying daddy it's so dark in here let's turn on all the lights and so she bounced around inside of him turning on all these lights and he was like he's like baby girl you just do anything you need to do and she said i want to go home with you and so Mm. he said my body is your home. Anywhere you want to live, you you get to pick. And so she melted into his chest. And who powerful. could write a better story than yeah, that? It was beautiful. Yeah. That was wonderful. It was beautiful. Great way to end the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing everything. I hope the listeners really enjoyed all that. I know I did. Oh, good. <laughs> so thank you uh, so much for listening to True Health by Kassar Lena on If Your Spirits Radio. And you can reach me at truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And remind the listeners how they can get a hold of you again. Guinevere at gmail.com. I'm going to spell that out again. S-G-U-I-N-E-V-E-V-A at gmail.com. Great. And we'll see you next month. Thank you. Recites the things you always said.
many things I never said to you. Softly now, don't say a word. Wow. 